Matthew 6 and verse 6, one scripture, it says this, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. I just want to preach to you a closed door away from victory. All right? Would you lift your hands with me, Father? We need you. God, I need you to speak to us tonight. God, use me. Speak through me. God, you see who's here. You know who's here. You know what needs to be said. God, you know what needs to happen. God, this is your people. This is your house. This is your time. Use us, God, for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. There's a lot going on in the world today. I feel like I feel like there is just so many options today. There's so much uh, anything and everything. Just there is so much before us. It seems like I feel like we live in a time right now where our minds are weighed down more than they've ever weighed before. I feel like there is a mental weariness, not just on society, but I feel like that's creeped into the church and. I just feel like individuals are tired. They're just not just necessarily physically tired, but just mentally tired to the point, you know, when you get so tired, you say, well, I don't even, I don't even care what happens right now. I don't even want to think about it. I don't want to make a decision. I I don't want to decide. You just do whatever that you want to do. I feel like with everything going on in the world today, and there's a problem with that because with everything in the world today, it's hard to find truth, okay? And I'm not talking just about our gospel message truth. I'm talking about truth in general. You you hear a story over here, and you can try to believe it, and then you hear something over here that contradicts that, and then you hear something over here that contradicts that. And if you don't like that, you can go from Fox to CNN to NBC to MSNBC to ESPN to ABC to CBS to NBC. I mean, there's all kinds of options, and there's just everything. You can pick up your phone, and you can go from social media app to social media app, and you can go here, and you can go there, and you can get information from this side, and you can get information from that side, and and you're intaking so much information that it's overwhelming, and we're becoming weary in our minds because we don't know how to process all of that stuff, and we don't know what to do with all of that stuff, and we don't know how to handle all that. So we can become so confused with what's going on in the world. Do you remember in John chapter 6 when God spoke from the heavens that some heard the voice of God, but some said it thundered. So God spoke and there was individuals that heard the voice of God, but they could not discern that it was the voice of God. They just said that just must be some thundering going on. That's what's going on right now. It's just thunder. And I'm not, I'm not so sure that we don't walk into the house of God at times and there's so much going on in our life and we've got things in our marriage and we've got things with our kids and we've got things at the job and we've got things we're processing going on in the world today and we know more what's going on in the world today than we've ever known before because everything is reported so quickly to us and we're taking everything in so much it's such a, such a high pace and a higher we don't know what to do and we can sit through a service and we can walk through the back doors and think man that was a rather mundane service or that was a rather boring service and not even realize the person next to us got the touch they need or the person over there heard the voice of God and God spoke a direct word God could speak a direct word to someone in this place tonight but you're so cumbered with the things of this world I'm not talking about sin I'm just talking about life right now that you're so overcome with things of this world that you not even hear what God is trying to speak into your life 
That is the desire of the adversary. For when the children of Israel walked out of Egypt, Pharaoh said about the children of Israel that they would be entangled in the land and that the wilderness would shut them in. That the wilderness would close the door on them. That they would not be able to get out. That there would not be a way of escape. And that's the adversary's plan. For you and I in this journey to become so entangled with everything that's going on in life and to hear things and to to receive things into our spirit and to think upon things and to grasp things and all this stuff. You know, Scripture talks about this. And this is a good verse for you and I to take heed to. But Scripture warns us about following every conspiracy that's out there. And Scripture warns us about meditating on questions that gender strife. And Scripture tells us to avoid Jewish fables. You know what he's saying? He's saying, hey, you, you don't really need to give your time to whether that story true or whether that story true. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in this world and I believe half and don't believe heaven but at the end of the day it doesn't matter what I need to do is I need to get myself to heaven and then I got to get my wife to heaven and then I got to get my babies to heaven and then I'm going to try to win everybody that I can win but I'm not going to be able to do any of that if I'm chasing this fox trail and going down this YouTube hole and following this over here and looking at that over there if I spend as much time in the word of God as I did chasing some random conspiracy down I wouldn't be fighting some of the things that I'm fighting right now. That's the adversary's plan. That's the adversary's desire. That's the adversary's will. It's for you to become so entangled with the things of this world. The Bible says in the last days that men shall be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. That's not just talking about sin. It just says men shall be more lovers of pleasure. Things that please them. Hobbies and things that entice them and things that grasp their attention. There's a lot of stuff that grasps my attention. But you know what? At the end of the day, I've got to tell my flesh that I'm in charge and I'm not going to give 12 hours of this day to thinking on that right there. I've got more important things to do. I'm telling you every single day that goes by, there's an adversary that's trying to drag your soul to hell and that's what you need to focus on you need to be in the word you need to be in the kingdom things thinking on the things in the kingdom this text that I read to you Matthew chapter 6 is talking about a prayer life it's Jesus talking in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6. And he tells them that when you're going to go in to pray, you need to go into your closet. And there's a very important step that you need to do before you pray. Before you hit your knees. And before you strike, start calling out to God, you need to close the door behind you. Closing the door behind you is you removing the distractions from your life. Is what's that's going on right there, okay? Now, on scripture, we see several places where doors were closed. In Nehemiah chapter 7, we see where it was the man of God's responsibility, the watchman on the wall. It was his responsibility to decide when the gate would open and when the doors would open. The scripture says it wasn't until the sun be hot that he would open the gate or the doors. So, as an overseer of this city, he would say, You know what? There are some things that I'm going to let in because that's what a doorway is, church family. It's an entry, it's a port, it's a passageway from here to there from point A to point B when you want to go somewhere you walk through a door when you want to stop somebody from going somewhere you close the door so as the watchman on the wall of this great city in Nehemiah chapter 7 he would stand on the wall and he would say you know what I think it's time we open the door or I think it's time we keep the door shut that was at his discretion he was responsible for the individuals it was at his discretion he would overlook that city and he would look behind him and he would look at that marriage and that 
that marriage that has those kids. And he would think about that elderly couple. And he would think about those young people over there. And he'd think, okay, I've got some things to protect here. So in order to protect them, I've got to stop some things from entering in. So I'm going to stand here and I'm going to decide when the door is open and when the door is closed. And that's why your man of God stands here and preaches things in your life. Not because he wants to control you. And not because he wants to be dominating over you. But rather because he knows that you've got a soul. And you're going to spend somewhere in heaven or hell. You've got an eternity to spend somewhere. And he's going to do everything within his power to get you to glory. So you know what he does? He closes things. He preaches stuff. He says stuff like, I don't think you should hang out with them. And I don't think you should go there. And I don't think you should do that. And I, I don't think this should be in your life. And I don't think that should be in your life. Now, now I, I don't pastor here. I pastor in Carlsbad. And God's doing great things in Carlsbad. Man, we're growing right now. We're adding on to the church. And man, there's just so much. There's so much good stuff that's happening. God is so. Listen, I, 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 we were starting our HVAC. And our HVAC, uh, it cost them several tens of thousands of dollars. And I only had half of it. And this was just two and a half weeks ago. And, man, I was tired of nothing getting done because we're paying as we go. And it's been a minute since we've seen things. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to go to the HVAC office with half the check. Because that's all they wanted anyway, and that's all I had. So I walked in. I was like, yep, here you go. Here's half of it. Go ahead and get that done, and I'll pay you when it's done. Well, between me and you, I didn't have the money to pay them when it was done. I knew that they'd give me a little bit of time, you know. This was Friday, so they were going to start the following week, and I thought, oh, boy, here we go. But I was just tired of not seeing anything done. I was like, all right, if I, you know, I could just, you know, get my wife a job or something like that. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Making sure you're here. Are you guys awake? All right. Just checking. Just kidding. But I, I'll figure it out. I don't know what I'm doing. I showed up Sunday morning. Man, I thought, man, we got half of it paid. How are we going to pay the other half? An old boy walked up to me in the church and said, hey, my buddy wanted to donate to the church. He gave this from right here. I opened the check and it was the remainder of what we needed to pay the HVAC. That boy ain't never been to church before. God is doing great things and God is moving in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it. But I believe, I believe, I believe I, I got some of that because I grew up here. You know, I believe. I believe some of that favor and some of that is because here and the point I was making before I got sidetracked, I'm getting old, I'm just rambling more and more, but the point I was making before I got sidetracked is, is I don't pastor here, I pastor there in Carlsbad, but because I feel like home here and you just go with me here, okay, I'm going to be honest with you, I stand in my, my pulpit and I tell them, you, you don't need to listen to worldly music, and worldly music, that's a, that's a doorway, that's an entry of things into your life. You, you don't need to listen to worldly music. And I, I, preach, I preach that. You don't need country music. You don't need rap music. And you don't need, well, I don't know what other genres there are. Rock and roll. You don't need any of that. You don't need to listen to that junk. You don't need to watch things. You don't need to watch things that got filth in them. Some reason we think that if we send our kids to bed, that mom and dad can watch stuff that our kids can't watch. That's not true, church family. When you open the door of sin and perversion into your marriage, don't be surprised when your marriage flips upside down. You know, there's a, there's this junk going around, around right now that 
if, if, if I ask my spouse, we can watch pornography together. And that's okay to watch it together as long as I'm not watching it by myself. It will send you and your spouse to hell. That is perversion. You do not open your door to that perversion. The marriage bed is between the man and the woman that are married to each other. You don't open that door. I'm trying to bring a little fire to my marriage. You know what brings fire to your marriage? If you start living right in the house of God. Once you drag that spouse to an altar and see what kind of fire that lights in your marriage. When you get on your knees and begin to pray with one another. I'm telling you, you don't open that door to perversion. I preach at my place. There might not be any nudity in it, but you ought not watch a bunch of stuff that's got a bunch of cuss words in it. I, I got I got those guys, and if, if those guys are here, just I don't know that you're here, so whatever. I got those guys. That, oh, I don't even hear it. I'm so used to it. I don't even hear it. That is the dumbest junk I've ever heard in my life. I don't even hear it. I'm so used. That means you're so calloused, is what that means. Because if you're turning that gift inside of you day in and day out, when they begin to do that right there, your Holy Ghost ought to rise up. I'm telling you what, you wouldn't sit under a man of God that said that kind of junk. So why would you sit in your living room and open that doorway to somebody else saying that kind of stuff in your house? That's what the watchman does. He gets on the wall and he preaches against things. You need to close that door and you need to open that door and you need to close that door. Just two Sundays ago, two Sundays ago I was preaching. I made a passing statement about, uh, I made a passing statement about, Tithe. I wasn't even preaching on tithe. I just said tithe's heaven or hell. That, that's all I said. That's not a big deal. I wasn't even preaching on tithe. If you're wondering, tithe's heaven or hell. You got to pay your tithes and your offerings. After church, a man comes up to me. Man, he got all angry, all upset. Man, he's been there longer than I've been there. You know, he'd been there with the previous pastor, and the previous pastor preached tithe. He'd been there with the pastor before that, and that guy preached tithe. He'd been there with the pastor before that, and that guy preached tithe. You would think this guy would catch on here. God's sending four different preachers into your life that preach tithe, and you still can't see it. On the platform in front of everybody. Pastor Luke, he was right here, and he was doing this right here. And I was standing by my grand piano, and people were looking out there. And I told you, our church is it's much smaller than here. And I was just smiling like this. Inside, I was doing this right here. But right here, I was just like... Brother, and he looked at me and he gave all these scriptures about, oh, that's under the law because Matthew 23, 23 is under the law, blah, blah, blah. And it's not under the law. That's a bunch of bogus and a bunch of junk. If you want blessing and favor, if you want God's favor, pay your tithe. It does not belong to you. It belongs to God. It is God's. You're not paying it anyway. You're returning it to God is what you're doing. I looked him right in the eye. And I said, brother. If you don't pay your tithe, you're going to hell. It would have been really easy for me not to say that. Because I didn't know what he's going to do. But guess what? I'm the watchman on the wall. And I said, I'm not going to open that door. That door's shut. Tithe is settled. Whether I want to or don't want to, it's settled. Whether you're paying it or not paying it, God's going to get it at some point. God's going to get it at some point. It belongs to God. 
So your man of God stands here and he preaches things like bring 10% of all your increase, the first 10%, you return it to the house of God. He preaches stuff like this because he stands on the wall. He's a watchman. He's a watchman. That's what he does. He's not a police officer. He's not an investigator. He's a watchman. He tells you the word. He's got a wife and kids to take care of. He ain't following you around making sure you're doing your job. He preaches it here. If you don't show up, you're not going to hear it. He preaches it here, right here. You come to the house of God. You hear the word. You receive the word. That's what you do. But there was another illustration in Scripture. You remember when the woman had debt that she could not pay because her husband passed away. And she goes to the man of God. She has two sons. And she says, the debtors. Excuse me, the debt collectors are coming to get the debt. I owe them, and they want my sons is what they want. He said, what do you got? She said, I got a little bit of oil. He said, all right, go borrow as many vessels as you can borrow. Go borrow as many vessels as you can borrow. Get everything. Knock on every door. Small vessels, big vessels, it doesn't matter. Get every vessel you can borrow. You know what he tells her to do? He tells her to go into her house. And before she begins to pour oil into the vessels and begins to see a wonderful, you know what kind of miracle that was? When she picked up that little bit of oil right there, and she picked up that bitch oil, and she had a vessel this big right here, and she began to pour right there, and she looked and looked, and the oil wasn't running low, and that vessel was filling up. You know what kind of miracle that is right there? That's a miracle that saves your house right there. It did save her house. That's a miracle that saves her babies is what it does. But you know, before she did all of that, the man of God told her to go inside the house and shut the door behind you. And that's exactly what she did. She walked in the house and she shut the door because she's not going to allow some things out there to get in here. And she doesn't want what's in here to be lost out there at the moment. She's trying to monitor. She's trying to correct. So she shut the door. You know who didn't shut the door that day? The man of God was not the one that showed up in her house and said, Oh, hey, you go in there. There you go. The door shut for you. Oh, got to go to Maple Street. Here we go. The door shut for you. It wasn't the man of God that was going around shutting the doors. It was the responsibility of the mother to shut the door. She was the leader of the household at that time. Man of God that sit in your house right now, you married men, it is not your wife's responsibility to shut at the door it is not your baby's responsibility you are the leader of your home and when the man of God preaches right here you're supposed to receive that word and you're supposed to go home and say I'm going to shut the door right here I'm not going to let them hang out with whoever they want to hang out with I'm not going to let them go with whoever they want to go with I'm not going to let them do whatever they want to do do you remember do you remember when the angel comes to Samson's mother you're going to have a child Okay, that's great. The dad shows up and she says, hey, an angel came to me and said, I'm going to have a child. He said, I've got some questions. I would too. He runs and chases the angel down. He says, will you tell me what you told my wife? He tells her. And then you know what he says? He looks at the angel and he says, tell me what I need to do. Tell me how I need to raise this child. Because this child's going to have an anointing. This child's going to have a calling. This child 
is going to have things in his life that nobody else has in their life. What do I need to allow in their life? And what do I need to shut off in their life? What do I need to do? He was saying, what doors do I leave open? And what doors do I shut? That is a responsibility of you mom and dads. To shut the door of your home. That is your responsibility. Things in your child's life. You have a right to see what they're looking at anytime you want to look at it. If you're paying that bill, if they're living under your house, you pick this phone up and you go through it day or night anytime you want to look at it. That's your responsibility. You know a door that we're going to shut? Is I'm not going to let them go to bed with this phone right here. You know how crazy that is? You know how stupid that is? You're handing them over to the adversary. Well, I trust them. I don't. I don't. If you had that kind of power when you were a child or a young person, where would you be today? But you're here today because there was somebody in your life that said, we're not going to do that. We're not going to look at that. We're not going to go there. You've got to shut that door, church family. Walk into your house and close the door. Don't close the door. You're letting things into your life that don't need to be in there. Your child is not going to make it. They are not going to make it. You show me an instance, and I'll, I'll say thank God, but that's, that's the exception, not the rule. Your child's not going to make it if you give them free reign in here and out there. Well, I, I know somebody that did. Well, I'm thankful for that. I'm not trying to send nobody to hell. I'm thankful for that. But that's the exception. It's not the rule. You've got to shut the door. There's some things that ought not ever walk through your front door. There's some things that, hey, we're not going to do that. We've done settled that issue right here. I need you in the house of God. I need you dressing right. I need you looking right. I need you talking right. I need you. Well, it's not in their heart. Why should I make them do it? You need to make them do it so when you stand before God on judgment day, you can say, I did everything within my power for them to do it. I'm not going to be held accountable if they're lost. It's going to be a choice that they make on their own. Would you lift your hands in the house right now? Lift your hands in the house. One more point, and I'm coming to a close shortly. I won't be much longer. In Matthew 6, Jesus was not talking about a corporate body. He was not talking about a family. He was talking about an individual. There's a responsibility in every one of our lives in this place to shut the door behind us. What that does, shutting the door, is it removes the distractions from your life. Scripture says, redeem the time because the days are evil. I'm telling you what, if you leave that door open, have, let's, just, let's just ask you here real quick. You don't got to raise your hand, but how many have ever went to prayer meeting and 10 minutes into prayer meeting you thought, Man, I've been thinking about this whole time. I need to pray. And you pray for two minutes, and then ten minutes go by, and you think, my goodness, I've been thinking about this again. I, 
and the hour goes by and you stop and you say, I really didn't pray at all. I was here, but I wasn't here. I showed up to prayer, but I didn't engage in prayer. I didn't lock in in prayer. How many times have you showed up to a church service and it was just a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning or a Sunday night and it wasn't all that great? Or maybe it was all that great, but you really don't know. You showed up and you came in and you shook a few hands and hugged a few people and you talked a few conversations and you walk out the back door and you think, I don't even remember what songs they sung. I don't even remember what he preached about. Matter of fact, I didn't really feel anything tonight. Because we can't do this if we're going to keep the door open. There's got to be a made up mind in somebody's life, in somebody's heart, that I am going to shut the door. I'm going to tell you what, when you don't close the door, you allow dumb things to run you out the back door. Now, now I don't want to offend nobody because I believe I might have already offended you, so, so here we go. There, there's, there's a lot of stuff going around about church hurt. And, and that just, it just makes me mad. It's just dumb. It's just dumb, okay? I, I believe people wrong people. Don't get me wrong. I believe ministry makes mistakes in wrong people at times. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not Superman or anything like that. I'm Superman on my wife's phone, if you were wondering, which she calls <laughs> Superman. But maybe, maybe I am. I'm not Batman or anything like that. So, but, but. It just angers me because we get so mad, so hurt, and we turn our back on God and walk out the back door. You know, what's funny about that whole thing is he said this, you will be persecuted for my name's sake by them out there. And then you want to know what Paul told him in one of the epistles? He said, grievous wolves are going to rise up. From among you. He said, hey, guess what? When you walk out there, you're going to take some hits. And when you come in here, you might take some hits too. They're going to, it's going to happen. He gave you the game plan. Before you ever came to an altar, before you were baptized, you could read it. If I go with that way, I'm going to be persecuted. There's going to be days that wolves are going to rise up in this own very congregation right here. Before he filled you with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you knew that was coming. You know why I'm still here today and why you're still here today? is because you said, I'm not going to allow some stupid offense to run me out the back door. I've already shut the back door. That's no longer an option. I am right here and I am staying right here. It's a responsibility on us. Shut the door. There's a responsibility if you've not danced in a while. Then you need to shut the door on everybody else's opinions if you need to dance. If you ain't wept in the altar in a while, you need to shut the door and get in the altar and begin to weep in the altar unto the Lord. I'm telling you, there's a move of God. There was a time when God shut them in. God did it. But we're living in a time now where God wants you to do it. 
where God wants you to make up your mind. I'm not going to keep going back and forth. I'm not going to have one leg in here and one leg out there. I'm not going to have my eyes at the altar and my mind out there in the world. I'm going to shut everything off from back there. I'm telling you what, when they begin to shut the door is when God began to move and God began to work. Prayer is the most powerful thing that we have. It's the greatest asset and tool that we have. But it's not going to work if you don't walk in here and shut the door. You got to cut it all off. Would you raise your hands right now? I'm done. Raise your hands. Would you lift your voice right now? Come on, church family. Don't worry about who's around you. Come on. Don't worry about who's, what they think, what they're looking at. Don't worry about anybody else. I don't know what song they're going to sing. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to hear what song they're going to sing. I'm telling you what, I'm going to shut the door tonight. I'm going to stand in the altar. I'm going to stand in the presence of God. I'm going to allow God to work and allow God to flow and allow God to operate in me. Come on, church family. Shut that door. Come on, made up mind. Come on, husbands, you need to shut that door. We're going to work this marriage out. We're going to have anointing and favor in our home. We're going to have peace and rest in our home. Come on, young people. Shut the door right now. I know you may not feel what you like to feel normally, but you're going to have to shut the door and lock into it. Come on, you're going to have to step into it right now. Let the anointing flow in this house. If you lock everything else out, if you turn everything else off and get your mind on the Lord right now, I don't know who it's for, but God gave it to me for you tonight. If you lock everything else out, God will move. God will work. Lift your voice, lift your voice, lift your voice. Come on, lift your voice.